Revelation chapter number 9 tonight. Revelation chapter number 9. Um, that's where we'll find our text tonight. And we're going to get into something that in my opinion, my, my very, um, I have one and uh, so do you. Um, mine may stand out a little bit more because I seem to state my opinion more. Um, I just seem to state my opinion often. Um, but in my opinion, uh, I would say this is the most, this is the scariest message, and I mean that. Uh, this is the most scariest message um, that you've probably ever heard me preach. Just simply, uh, and, but I wanted to let you know if you were sa- if you were saved when you came in here, you're still saved tonight. After I leave out of here, okay. And so nobody worry about anything like that. Um, but I just want you to know that this is in the text. I'm going to preach straight out of the text. And that's what we're going to do tonight. Revelation chapter number 9 tonight um, and verse number 1. Could you stand? We'll reverence the word of God. If you're able, you don't have to stand. But uh, if you're able, um, we'll stand read, um, reverence the reading of the word of God. Thank God for the King James Bible. Amen. I'm glad I know it. I'm glad I know why I believe it. And I'm glad I know that I can trust it. Amen. And the fifth seal sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth. And to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there rose the smoke, excuse me, out of the pit, as the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. There came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given powers, the scorpions of the earth, and have power. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. There they are, okay? So they're still in there. And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months. And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man. And in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. And the shapes of the locusts were like... Now now notice these creatures, okay? Um, very, very, um, um, very scary, okay, for lack of a better term. I, 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 listen, I'm not scared of these creatures because I'm not going to ever see these creatures, amen? But, but I, I am visualizing them in my own mind, and this is their description. And the shape of the locusts were like unto horses... Prepared unto battle, and on their heads were as it were crown, like, crowns like gold. It wasn't gold, it was like gold. And their faces were as the faces of men, and they had hair as the hair of woman. And their, their teeth were as the teeth of lions. So, so you see, you see it, it's proving here. It, it's proving scripture, okay? And, and what I mean by that is it says it, their crowns were like gold right so it wasn't gold but it was like gold and then it says as the face of men so it was like the face there's a confirmation and then there is a comparison okay there's two different things there and so we must if we're going to rightly divide the context of scripture we're going to have to get that and they had breastplates as it were breastplates of iron and the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots of many horses run into battle. They had tails like unto scorpions, and there were stings in their tails. And their power was to hurt men five months. And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon. But in the Greek term, uh, tongue hath his name Apollyon. 
One woe is past, and behold, there come two woes more hereafter. Thank you for standing. You can sit down. Lord, we need your help tonight. Dear God, I need your help tonight. Lord, your people here need your help tonight. I pray, God, that no, no doubt would be cast, no anything along those lines tonight as the preaching is done. But, God, that you might get the glory. Lord, for we're thankful, God, that you have the power over every creature under heaven and under earth, Lord, and in earth. Lord, we're thankful for that tonight. Please help me, God. I pray, God, you'd bind the demons and the devils of hell from this place tonight, Lord. Lord, that you would give me peace. Lord, as I'm preaching tonight, Lord, just help me, God. Lord, you give peace that passes all understanding. Lord, I'm thankful for you tonight. And I pray, God, you'd help me preach. I can do no thing without you. Lord, and we're thankful in Jesus' precious and holy name we do pray. Amen and amen. So here we are. Um, as we jump into the 19th message, and we are in the ninth chapter, and we jump into the 19th message on our series on the book of the Revelation. And I would dare say we've come upon the most frightening passage in the whole Bible, okay? One of the most frightening passages in the entire blessed book that we have in our lap and in front of us tonight. And I tell you, I can never walk up to the pulpit and preach this with joy in my mind and in my heart other than the fact that I'm saved from this. I could never preach with any joy for this, but rather I could preach with a burden to say, I know people that could possibly be in this time. And I believe what, what makes this passage such a frightening passage is simply the simplicity of it because it's very uh, simplistic and it's very straight to the point and it clarifies a lot of things uh, about it. Now we're going to do a little breaking down of things but it's very clear of what is, what is taking place in the passage that we have before us. Uh, um, but uh, practically speaking this chapter says what it is and it is what it says. And so, so, so Sunday night we went through the first four trumpet judgments. And we noticed that those trumpet judgments were such things as death uh, and such things as devastating judgments and doomful judgments or dooming judgments and destructive judgments and darkness come with those judgments. And, and there's many things. Uh, darkness is glooming upon the earth as one third uh, of the sun has already been cut off. Uh, and things have happened up to this point. Uh, um, but more things are getting ready to take place. Uh, um, and we ended chapter 8 on Sunday night uh, um, with a simple but a profound admonition uh, um, coming from an angel in which he said, Whoa, whoa, whoa to the inhabitants uh, of the earth uh, by reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels which have yet to sound. Uh, he's simply telling us right there in that passage that there's still more coming. Uh, more is coming. This is just the beginning of the end. Uh, um, don't get caught up on it yet. And so why would we need to know these things? Uh, why would God put something in this uh, um, to, for us to see? Uh, why do we need to know this? Well, I believe... Uh, I believe there's a few reasons that we need to know this. Uh, um, the fact is, is that 
we, we can be even th- more thankful that we're saved tonight. Um, I believe that's one reason. I believe another reason is, is it could stand out as a warning uh, um, to, the, to the lost friend that's uh, um, headed to this place someday or, or headed even to the place in which is spoken of in this passage uh, or may experience this face to face someday. Uh, and it could be a warning to them. Uh, I believe another thing is uh, for the saved as well is it could give us uh, even more of a burden for lost people and give us more of a motivation uh, um, to go and tell the lost world uh, and to preach the gospel to every creature. Uh, and the portion of Scripture that we have tonight uh, establishes only one trumpet uh, and it's trumpet judgment, trumpet judgment number five. Uh, and so, so two more will still be on the horizon. We understand that. But I want you to pay, pay, pay attention this evening. I know you are, but I just want you to um, get this. As I, I'm going to preach on... Um, what some uh, about the simple thought of hell, but that's not what I'm uh, my title or anything. But but I, some are skeptical of hell. Many, many, many people. I mean, evangelical people don't believe in hell. They believe in a separation, uh, punishment from God, and that sort of stuff. Some people believe in a time span. And some people believe in things like that. But can I just say, uh, heaven is as real as heaven, and it's as real as you are uh, at Mountain Valley Baptist Church tonight. Uh, Many deny it. Uh, Very few proclaim it. Uh, But however, neither will change the fact that it is real, uh, and it is uh, the prominent in Scripture. Uh, And so... uh, Now, now, hell, now, the hell now that we know of, where people go and die, when they die lost without God, they go there tonight. Those that will die without God will go to hell. But right now, hell has its boundaries. Hell has its boundaries. uh, And so, one day, it will not. And so I'm going to use that as a jumping diving board right into the water and I'm going to preach the thought on the day hell has no boundaries. On the day hell has no boundaries. Lord, I'm going to pray again. I need your help. Please help me in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to notice number one tonight, there's a fallen presence which is in our text. There's a fallen presence which is in our text. Uh, Now verse 1 says, And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth. There's some key words in this. I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. And so uh, we see here in our text that there is a Fifth trumpet that is sounded from an angel. And this fifth trumpet is blown. And in this verse we see a person. uh, uh, It's not a personification. It's nothing. This is a he, right? It's a presence of some sort. There's a presence of some sort described to us as a he and as a star. Uh, And so many believe this is to to be the devil. And, And... That's fine, but I just cannot get behind that. I've done study and study and study, and some of the main best men I know 
believe that this is the devil, but I cannot get behind that simply because he's not cast to the earth until chapter 12. Right? Verse 9, chapter 12, let's look. Let's use the scripture. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth. Right? And his angels were cast out with him. So he was cast out into the earth there. So many people believe that this is the devil. I just can't get behind that simply because that the devil's cast out later on. Not saying it couldn't be him. Just to let you know, I'm not going to tell you who this is. Because I don't know. But I will say this. We see a few things in this that I believe we can take out of it. We see number one, we see his celestial association. So who is this? Well, uh, I I do not believe we can say with 100% certainty who this is. I may give you an idea of who I think it is, but I don't want to upset anybody here or anywhere else. But some think it to be Satan, and the problem I have is he's cast to the earth later on, right? And so another thing I believe it could be is a powerful demon. Okay? Now, verse number 11, the Bible says, And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit. So he's not described as a star, but he's described as an angel of the bottomless pit, whose name is the Hebrew tongue, is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue, at this name Apollyon. But it also, this is where I kind of lean toward. Okay? It also could be a good angel. It could be a good angel. It could be one that was given a key. Look with me. Look with me. Revelation 20. Revelation 20. Verse number 1. The Bible says, And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Where did he bound him at? He bound him in the bottomless pit. So this, this good angel that comes down from heaven... So, but, but what will trip you up is the fact that it says that this angel was fallen. That trips a lot of people up. But this is where I lean towards. I lean towards the fact that it's a good angel, okay? I lean towards that fact. And I will say this. I don't know why God... I'm not God. I'm never going to be Jesus. I'm never going to be God. None, or any of those things. And we understand that He has all power in heaven and in earth. Uh, and it was never given Him. He's just always had it. Uh, um, but why would He give the devil a key? Because you say, what, how do you know He had the key? Well, Revelation chapter 1 and verse 18 says He had the key to death and hell and the grave. And so He has the key. So why would he give up the key to Satan and give him power in some point of time? You say, well, he's already given him power. He sure has given him power. Um, But he also gave him a free will, clearly, because he got out of heaven. And so so all we have is... uh, I will say this. I don't know if he'll give him the key, but however it could be. But nonetheless, nonetheless, I cannot state with a certainty... Who this is, okay? However, what we do know is this being is a man. And this being came from heaven. And he's falling to the earth. Right? So we're going to say a celestial association. His association is with heaven. 
And he's a man. And he's on the earth. Secondly, I want you to notice we see his carrying accessibility. So I want you to notice here, what, what is he doing? What is he doing? Verse 1, I saw a star from heaven unto the earth, uh, fall from heaven unto the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. So he's given a key. A key always represents access. It always is going to represent access. And we understand, uh, according to Scripture, we understand that there is doors to heaven. I mean, excuse me, there are doors to hell. There's doors to hell. Job, I'm going to turn there just for uh, using the Bible as our commentary. It's the best one you ever get. The book of Job in chapter number 38, the Bible does tell us there about a few things. Let me turn there if I could, please. Give me just a moment and I'll find Job chapter 38. Job chapter 38, verse number 17. The Bible says, Have the gates of death been opened unto thee, or hast thou seen the doors of the shadow of death? So death, it couldn't be talking about heaven. It couldn't be talking about any of those things. Death is only associated with hell. Death is only associated with those which are lost. Is that right? And so, so, so we see that have the gates of death. See, hast thou entered into the springs of the sea, or hast thou walked in the search of the depth? Have the gates of death? Hast thou perceived the breadth of the earth? Declare if thou knowest it all, hang tight. And so we know, so, so it, it tells us there, right? It tells us that there's a door that represents some type of death, okay? If you don't believe it's hell, that's fine. It might not have doors, okay? Maybe it doesn't have doors. Maybe it doesn't have any kind of door to it. But we know it has gates, According to Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, when Jesus is talking to Peter, he says, The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, now so, so there's a key to this place. One day God's going to throw it away. He'll not have to hang it up on the door as you walk inside of heaven. He'll it's just be gone. Along with Satan and the rest of them. But then Jonah, Jonah tells us in Jonah chapter 2 and verse 1 through 6, Jonah tells us that it has bars. I believe that it's, it's, this message has become very influential on me to think about these things because that proves a lot more scripture. So bars, what do you think of when you think of bars? Been locked up. Jail. You think of jail or something along those lines. So that might tell us a few more things interpreting scripture. 2 Peter 2, 4, we'll notice that in a little bit. There's some angels that are locked up. And so, so Jude, Jude verse 6, there's different things that we can use Scripture. That's why I'm thankful for the Bible. But, but we know Jesus has the key to this place. And Jesus is handing it to this presence, this person, whoever it may be. And, and here we see His accessibility. Uh, um, but... but that the Lord has, um, the Lord has given him the ability to lose the host that are within it, right? See, it's carrying accessibility. What is he doing? We see his certain aim. Where is he going? Key to the bottomless pit, pit, pit. So he's going to the pit. 
Numbers chapter number 16, verse number, uh, it's in the 30s. There's Korah, there's Korah that's mentioned there. And Korah, I, I'd like to turn there for a second. Korah is mentioned there in Numbers chapter number 16, I think. In Numbers chapter number 16 um, and verse uh, number 30, let's see. 31, and it came to pass as he had made an end of speaking all these words that the ground clave asunder that was under them. And the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up and their houses and all the men that appertained unto Korah and all their goods. They and that all that pertained to them went down alive into the pit. Into the Pit and the earth closed upon them, and they perished from among the congregation. And so, so that also, 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 listen, that also tells us a little bit about where this place is. It's in the heart of the earth. Didn't Jesus say that too? I understand Jesus didn't go to hell, but if we use what Jesus said. When he went and led the captivity captive, he went to the heart of the earth as, as, uh, as Jonas was in the belly of hell or of the fish. For three days and three nights, so shall the Son of Man be in the what? The heart of the earth? Is that all right? What's heart? The center. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's considered the center, even though it's not the center of our body. But it's considered the, the center. And, and, and so, so as the as, as so, so shall the Son of Man be the heart of the earth. And, and so, so we know that. And then, then, then we can think of a few other things throughout Scripture. But, but the fact is, is that hell was opened. This pit was opened to them. And they were swallowed up and... and Satan, when it's talking of Satan in Isaiah chapter number 14, now I looked up this word pit, and I got a bunch of references, but uh, the book of Isaiah in chapter number 14, when Satan is spoken of right there, let me read you a verse. Could I? Is everybody all right? I know it's kind of like a Bible study, but it's verse 15, the Bible says of chapter 14, the book of Isaiah, I will ascend above, let me see, I got the wrong verse. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. There we are. We got that word again, bottomless pit. But it didn't say bottomless, okay? And, and, uh, and so I understand the psalmist, the psalmist was said to have been delivered from the pit. In Psalm chapter 40. And so, so he was saved. It gives us a picture. And Elihu tells Job in Job chapter number 33 and verse 18 that the saved will be kept from the pit. So would you agree that the pit is probably telling us that it's hell? And so there's the pit, and this is not some direction uh, that any person wants to travel to uh, or any direction that any man wants to go. Uh, it's a terrible place. It's a terrible place. And so we notice the fallen presence there. Secondly, I want you to notice in verse 2, And he opened the bottomless pit. There arose a smoke out of the pit. There's the smoke of a great furnace in the sun. The air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. So in this verse, this man takes the key 
And he has been given this key and he takes this key and he uses it to open up the door to the pit, to to hell. Uh, And this verse tells us just how close uh, that men today are to hell. And, and, and one turn of the key and hell is unleashed upon the earth. And so this verse has some things to say about the place called hell. I want you to notice number one. that it's, I want you to notice this frightening depth. It's frightening depth. In verse 2 it says, And he opened the bottomless pit. Uh, the bottomless is called a bottomless pit. The word bottomless gives us uh, our word abyss. Uh, uh, abysso in the old, uh, um, or rather in the Greek. And when, when, when the key is turned, hell is unleashed uh, and unlivished upon this earth. And, and bottomless, this is a real place and it's terrible. And it is ever, it gives us the idea that it's ever falling farther and farther and farther away from God. Uh, every single second while you're in the pit, uh, you'll fall farther away from God because it's bottomless. Uh, it never stops. It's at never ending falling. Uh, and the word bottomless only appears in the book of the Revelation. Verse 1 was the first time, and it's, then verse 2 was the second time, and then five more times after that. It never appears one more time in your King James Bible. I don't know if that's telling us the depth of it, but it's telling us simply where it is. Uh, and it's telling us that here it is in the midst of the earth, uh, and it's bottomless, and it's forever. Uh, and I tell you, friend, you uh, do not want to aim your life uh, um, toward this direction. Uh, uh, science denies it. Uh, humans deny it. Uh, lost people deny it. Uh, um, but there is a place under this earth uh, um, called hell. And the souls of lost people will suffer in the flames forever and ever and ever. And it's clear from the verses that follow in this chapter that certain demons or certain beings are being held in hell awaiting their liberty. Let me read you a few verses. Isaiah, I should have left that in there. I don't know why I took it out. The book of Isaiah in chapter number 4. 24, verse 22, the Bible says very clearly there, The Bible, let me turn back, I don't know why I did that, I just ripped a Bible page. The Bible says, and they shall be gathered together as prisoners are gathered in the pit. The gathered together and, and shall be shut up in the prison and after many days shall they be visited. Uh, They shall be visited. Uh, Then the moon shall be confounded and the sun ashamed uh, when the Lord of hosts shall reign in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem uh, and before His ancient ancients glorious. Uh, And so it tells us very clearly uh, that it's a pit and it's a prison uh, and people are there today. Uh, The Bible tells us in 2 Peter, I told you of this verse as reference uh, just a few moments ago, but in 2 Peter in chapter 2 in verse number 4 for if God spared not the angels that sinned but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment that might not be the judgment you're thinking of but I'm telling you the truth they are in there and they're in there in a prison they're shut up and reserved unto judgment Jude chapter 6 I mean verse 6 the Bible says the angels which 
which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation. He hath reserved an everlasting change under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. And so we see here that they are bound. And it's a frightening depth of where this place is. Secondly, I want you to notice that it's a frightening darkness. As the Bible says, And there arose a smoke out of the pit as the smoke of a furnace and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. Uh, We're told that that smoke ascends out of that place. uh, And the smoke is so great uh, um, that it darkens the very light uh, um, that the creation of the Son of God uh, created some years ago. Uh, um, Some say hell has no fire. uh, um, But where smoke is, uh, there is fire. Uh, And friend, I'm telling you, uh, hell is a place uh, of fire is what it is. Uh, It's a place of everlasting torment. We're not going to go there. But Luke chapter 16 verse 1931, it tells us very clearly that he was so hot that he just wanted Abraham to dip the tip of his pinky in water and cool his tongue for he is tormented in these Flames is what it says. Hell is a place of fire in Revelation 14. Verse 10 and verse 11, The same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture in the cup of indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Friend, I'm telling you, it's a place of darkness. It's a place of torment. The Bible says it's a place of torment. And we know Luke chapter 16 tells us he's in torment. Matthew 8 and 12 tells us he's in, it's a place of torment. It's a place that no one should ever want to go. It's a place that nobody should ever desire to go. It's a place that no child of God should ever desire for anybody to go. I don't care uh, how bad they did you in years past. Uh, I do not care. Uh, We should never desire or say those three words, go to hell. Uh, We should never say those things uh, or even think those things in our wicked mind uh, um, because we don't want nobody to go to that place. Uh, And friend, I'm telling you, men joke about it uh, and they try to pass it off as some superstition or silly thing. But hell is real. And wise people make their preparations to avoid its flames. Friend, I'm telling you, you may not believe it, but good gracious God will allow you to go to hell. It's your choice. Run to Jesus while you got time. Run to Jesus while you got time. It's frightening darkness. I want you to notice also it's frightening duration. Now the Bible says very clearly there, the Bible says, uh, as the smoke out of the pit, let me just go on down hell. There rose a pit. The fact is this. The fact is this, friend. Hell is disturbing to me. Hell is disturbing to think of because it even exists. It's disturbing to think of. And I have to think about it, but it is a real place where people will go unless they're saved. And so as, so, so, so as disturbing as it is, we must take the time to consider it. We must take the time to consider hell. It is 100% a place 
that its duration will never end. Uh, it's ever ending. It's always and always, friend. Uh, then I want you to notice it's frightening demons. This is just a walk on into the last uh, part of this message tonight. But throughout the New Testament, hell is associated with demonic activity. Demons fear this place as their torment will be there. Revelation 11 and verse number 7, the Bible says very clearly in that verse, let me turn there and read it to you, the Bible says, And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. The beast. All I'm telling you, friends, is that it tells us of the beast. It tells us of the Antichrist. It tells us of everything. This will be a, a, a base, if you will, for these people. And friend, I'm telling you, as I've already mentioned, fallen angels are bound there. Satan himself will spend eternity in the lake of fire. What a frightening place this is. Lastly, I want you to notice there's a, we're going to walk these verses down. There's a fearful, fearful pandemic. There's a, a pandemic means universal. Uh, it's a fearful pandemic. When the bottomless pit is open, a group of creatures come out into the earth. They're released. And this could be what 2 Peter 2 4 was telling us about. But however, I, I believe they have come forth as the Lord has brought them out. The Lord has given this angel the ability to open that door, allow these creatures to come out of hell simply for this reason. Judgment. Judgment is about to take place. Judgment has already been taking place on the earth, right? But if you read this all the way up to this chapter, there is no judgment up on the earth right here. You know what this judgment is for? Look what it says. Look what it says very clearly. It says, Until it was given them, they should not. Let's see. I'm trying to find a verse here. And there came out, Given them, and it was commanded them, Not hurt the grass of the earth, Neither any green thing, Neither any tree, But only those men which have not, The seal of God. They have come out to be, To judge this earth. The people. The inhabitants of this earth. The earth has already been judged. Remember? There was some judgment. There's going to be more judgment upon the earth. But there was some judgment upon the earth already. God says, hang out, time out for a second. We're going to judge the people that are on this earth. Now, if you know anything about locusts, I spent, I spent a whole year in the farm and planting in, in weeds and stuff. And you know that locusts, man, they just swarm those things. You know what they like to eat? Green things. These locusts aren't doing that. All I'm telling you, friend, is that I believe they've come forth as the Lord brought them out in judgment for the purpose of judgment. Imagine a world in which every prison door was suddenly open, murderous and rapists and serial killers and, and, and the, the insane, the, uh, the insane asylums and all of them are allowed to walk free at this point of time. Uh, <laughs> 
Friend, that's not the case. Uh, that's not the case that we're seeing here in this passage. Uh, but can you just imagine the, 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 the craziness uh, and the, the pain uh, of suffering that would occur across this nation uh, and across this universe? Uh, it would surely be a pandemic. Uh, um, but well, the, 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 all the doors of all the prisons and jail cells uh, are not going to open. Uh, um, but the hell cell will be open, friend. Uh, and there will be creatures coming out of it. Uh, and there will be a time when this world and the inhabitants of it will be in terrible judgment as God judges those who said no to His grace. I can't tell you exactly what they are, but these things are brutal, friend. They're brutal creatures. I want you to notice this a pandemic of demonic power. Verse 4, the Bible says, or verse 3, and unto them was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power. It was commanded them that they should not hurt the green, green grass of the uh, earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. And so these creatures are loosed. They're loosed in serious power. They're given power. And to, they're, they're given power to destroy uh, mankind in any way possible. Uh, um, but there's going to be screaming of death, but they'll never get death. Because uh, um, God will cut off death. Uh, it's not going to happen. Luke in uh, chapter 10 tells us a little bit uh, about this. Uh, and I want, you, I want to read it for you for just a moment. Uh, Luke 10 and verse number 18, the Bible says, And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as life. Lightning uh, fall from heaven. Behold, uh, I've given you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Uh, he's talking to uh, um, the child of God. Nothing shall hurt you. Uh, um, those, uh, and you just got to get the context, but nonetheless, uh, um, th- th- there is an absolute uh, a powerful demonic force uh, um, that's going to come off of Green River Cove uh, uh, on the all way over to California and God will judge this earth and but but the power that is given to them is still limited because God gives the power and no man can take it away from him and so it's still limited because it can only hurt those who do not have the seal in their foreheads friend I tell you it's good to be saved tonight ain't it there's a pandemic of demonic power secondly I want you to notice there's a pandemic of dreadful pain the Bible says in verse 5 and 6, And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but they should be tormented five months. Now five months is the actual lifespan of a normal locust. And they say that they go from uh, um, May to September. I think that's five months. May to September, May, June, July, August, September. May, May through September is the lifespan of a locust. Did you know that? I thought that's pretty cool. But I don't know if it's true, but I just got that's just what Google told me, okay? And, and so so but but what's gonna happen here is in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. Uh, there'll be way it would be one thing if one thing of locusts come in or whatever these creatures are uh, um came in. Uh, but friend, it's gonna be wave after wave after wave after wave, uh, and people will not be killed, but they will be tormented. Uh, 
for five solid months uh, and these hellish locusts uh, will torment men for all of that time uh, and the pain uh, that will be afflicted upon men is absolutely unimaginable uh, I can't imagine in every moment of every day uh, um, the demons will be there uh, tormented uh, and stinging uh, and inflicting pain and suffering upon the people of this earth there will be no escape There'll be no hope. There'll be no helper. There'll be none of those things at this time. Men will seek every way they can to escape the torments of these creatures, uh, but nothing will help them. Uh, um, they will not be able to get any prescriptions, uh, no pills, uh, no, po- no potions, uh, no prayers. Uh, none of those things will be able to help these people. Uh, alcohol and drugs will never deaden the pain. Uh, and for five solid months, uh, um, they will suffer and they will find no relief for it. Friend, I tell you, in our day, people flee death every way they can. I mean, they do everything they can to ward off the coming of Christ as well. Uh, everything they can, doctors are consulted. Uh, um, psychiatrists are, insult, uh, are consulted. Uh, and you can go on and on. Therapists are consulted. Uh, um, pills are consumed. Uh, and everything that can be done uh, to extend one more moment of breath is what people do now. That's okay. I like to live too. I like to live the abundant lifestyle that Christ gave us in John 10.10. I like to do that. But I'm telling you at this time, there'll be no pill, potions, or prayers that's going to save a person. Or or help the pain, friend. I'm telling you, men will pursue death in an effort to be free from their pain. People will... I can only imagine this. Think about it, Okay. People will probably leap from the top of buildings. People will probably wreck their vehicle over embankments, crushing their bodies upon the ground, and still they're not able to die. And people will probably drink some type of poisoning. I mean, they do it every day, anyways, but they do it now. Alcohol is poisoning. You know, they say that every time a person drinks one drink of alcohol, it takes off 20 minutes of their life. That's what it's said to say. I know Jesus is the author of that, but that's what people say. That's what scientists say. But I believe others will probably place guns to the temples and try to blow their own brains out. This ought to break your heart, friend. Attempt to just kill themselves, but they will only succeed in adding more misery toward their torment. People may try to kill their loved ones to help them escape. People may try to kill their children to help them escape. But there will be no avail for five solid months. Uh, There will be no funerals upon this earth. There will be nothing upon this earth that will escape you from the hands or the beings that are among us. Friend, I'm telling you. There will be a demonic invasion upon this earth. You say, preacher, I don't, I don't think it will happen like that. Well, read it again. Read it again then. Because the Bible tells us in verse 5 and verse number 6 very clearly, and to them it was given... 
that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented. They should be tormented five months, and their torment was as a torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man. And in those days shall men seek death, and shall not find it, shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. He said, Preacher, I don't believe it's going to happen that way. Read it again and again. Because if you're not saved today, I beg you, I beg you, if you're on the internet or wherever else, if you're not saved, please come to Jesus and avoid this terrible time. These things are real. Better get in before we get out. Amen, Amen friend. Lastly, with some sub-points, there's a picture. So we noticed that there was a pandemic of dreadful pain. and Then I want you to notice there's a picture that is downright petrifying. Gives us those as verse 6 begins and tells us that about these creatures, in, or verse 4, or 3 rather, but Verse 7 begins and these demons are giving a description to us and I'd like to take a, just a few moments and consider that description with you tonight. It's just downright petrifying when you think about it. But I want you to notice verse 7, And the shapes of the locusts were like unto horses prepared unto battle. Horses prepared unto battle. Now, now... I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know the the the, the sense that you can think about it. But it, when you look at them, they 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 look like they're mighty horses prepared to go to battle, and that's a big locust. I don't. That's a big creature, and they're prepared for battle, and they're straining at the bit, getting ready to go uh, at the next step or the next command or the next call. Uh, and friend, because they do have a king, horses. Prepared to battle, and it says, and on their heads, were, as it were, crowns like gold and golden crowns, golden crowns, and they, they or like golden crowns, and they 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 come to the earth, and they come. Uh, what does crowns mean? It's a conqueror. It's somebody who who's there, and they have crowns. They come as conquerors, uh, and no uh, act of uh, science or act of medicine or anything uh, um, that will be able to conquer them uh, for five months long. Uh, these hellish creatures will be on this earth, and they will reign on this earth. It tells us that they had faces of men. Faces, I, I can't tell you the purpose of that. But some say, some writers say that it speaks of intelligence. Um, because man is the only creature that has the free will as it does. And man is the only creature that has been able to accomplish things. Such as jobs and buildings and I understand that there's beavers and stuff. Don't get me. But it's human. It's human face. These beings are going to look like you in the face. I don't know. That's, that's petrifying, wouldn't you say? Verse 8, that hair is the hair of a woman. They're, man, they're... they're they're attractive. They're attractive. They're, they're, they're glorious. Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 11 tells us that the hair of a woman is their glory unto her. I believe that started when that lady rubbed the feet of Jesus with her hair. She had had short hair. She'd never been able to do it. But she did it and it glorified God. 
Amen. Friend, I'm just telling you is that they, it, I don't know what that means. I can't just tell you exactly. But maybe they have a charm to them. Right? They have a charm and, and they're able to lure their victims in. And, and people have always uh, been attracted uh, to that style of things. Just look at it. All I'm telling you is that there's something to this. It goes on and says their teeth were as the teeth of lions. You ever bit by, been bit by a lion? I hadn't either. I hadn't either, but man, I wouldn't want to be bit by a lion. The bite of a lion is one of the strongest bites that there is. It's actually the second strongest bite in the animal kingdom. After hippopotamus and so 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 we have that now I understand the alligator understand listen to me for just a second I understand the shark too talking about land creatures okay nonetheless I, I want you to look at this and just think about this they, they have teeth as a lion I read about that they said that the bite of a lion with its teeth never heals Said the bite never heals. Said time and time again it will over and over and over still look like a bite. Still be there. You know why? Because they say that it's such an infectious bite. Say it's a very infectious bite and it's full of bacteria. I don't know if that's what this means. But man, it's pretty serious. I'm just telling you that this wound will be there. Teeth of a lion, and then tells us in verse 9, and they had breastplates, and it was breastplates of iron. They're, they're, they can't be attacked. They can't be attacked. And I'm telling you, men cannot shoot them, cannot hit them with a sword, or anything that's going to affect these creatures. Men will try to kill them, don't you think? I believe that they will, but it would be impossible. Men will scream. They'll beg for mercy in their pain and torment. But nothing will be able to touch the hearts of these creatures. Verse 9 says, The sound of their wings was as a sound of chariots. Many horses run into battle. There's a lot of things when you think of horses and wings. Wings in the Bible always, nearly always, throughout Scripture imply something along the lines of quickness, swiftness, um, such things as that. You ever swung out a bee and it got out of the way before you could hit it? You know why? Because they're swift. They're fast. They're fast and I'm telling you that... They'll be able to come at their prey and come at these men and these people and there'll be no way to get away from them. No escape, no running and hiding in cliffs. They'll get there too. Verse 10. And they had tails like unto scorpions. There were stings in their tails. So they inflict pain. We understand that. We already read that. They do. 
they're very inflictive on pain, but I believe it's mentioned here to emphasize the fact that this is a scorpion. This is a sting of a scorpion, plus some, minus nothing. Think about that. Now, I've never been stung by a scorpion, thank the Lord. But from what I've read and what I've seen, is that it's some of the most tormenting stuff that you ever experience. So, man, I can imagine this. Verse 11. They had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name is the Hebrew tongue, is Abaddon. The Greek tongue hath his name, Apollyon. They have a king. They have a king. You know what that means? They'll be organized. They'll be united. They'll be together. And they 100% will be united in their attacks against the humans. And I believe there's a little bit that we can take from the fact that there was also, they give two names to it. One's a Hebrew, one's a Greek. I believe that simply tells us that there'll be no respecter of person who their attackers are. The victims, there'll be no respecter of person because all will know their name. No matter what language you speak, you'll be able to understand what this is. And friend, I'm telling you, what would it, what would it, what would you think about? I hope you don't have bad dreams tonight. I, I promise I'm not doing that. But what would it be if you woke up and one of these creatures is at your door? Because one day, they're going to be at the doors again. And on that day, hell will have no boundaries. There'll be no boundaries. Millions, millions of lost people will find this creature at their door. Some people hear preaching like this and they say, man, that's old-fashioned. I'm telling you the truth tonight. If it's not preached... We're not rightly dividing the scripture one back, front to back. I believe in demons just like this. You know why? Because the Bible says it. Can I explain it to you word by word? Absolutely not. But you know what? I believe it. I believe it 100%. Whatever it says, I believe it. And I believe 100% that we could take from this and say, first of all, those on the internet, I believe everybody's saved here, but those on the internet, man, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want you to go to hell and save your life. I wouldn't want you to go to hell for anything. You better run to Jesus. It's the best way. Run to Jesus. You don't have to be here for the day that hell comes to the earth and hell has no boundaries. Yeah. Man has to be here for this because God died for every man. He sent his son to die for every man so that every man might be saved. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, uh, but he's long suffering to us who are not willing that any should perish, uh, but all come to repentance. Uh, The Bible says that God loved the world. Amen, friend. Uh, Thank God I'm saved tonight. Uh, 
I'm glad to be saved uh, by the grace of God and through the blood of Jesus Christ. I've been washed. Uh, I'm washed and I'm made whole. Uh, I'm white as snow. Uh, I'm not white as snow to you, but man, I'm white as snow to Him tonight. Uh, and I don't have to go in this terrible time uh, of suffering. Uh, and I tell you, friend, don't wait uh, until hell has no boundaries. Uh, get born again now. Cry out while there's still mercy. Still grace, be saved. The day that hell has no boundaries. I pray that this was something that could encourage you to have a better perspective on it, but also could encourage you to tell more about him. I'd like to take my time and tell more about Jesus tonight. Man, I don't want to see nobody go there. I don't want to see a soul go to this place. I don't care how bad they've done me. I don't want to see one soul have to open their eyes to the gates of hell, to the bottomless pit, where they're farther and farther and farther away from the Lord God Almighty, the one who died and saved to save them. I don't want to see nobody go. If you need to pray tonight, we can stand to our feet. Lord, We do love you. We're thankful, God, that you've given us the time to be able to come to your house tonight. Lord, what a God you are. Lord, I'm so thankful, God, that you saved my soul. Lord, even maybe maybe having a chance to experience this, I don't want to. I'm so thankful, God, that you saved me. I'm so thankful, God, that you promised that you would save all men that come unto you. Lord, and I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, that you and you alone, Lord, might have the preeminence and be magnified. Lord, that you, Lord, that you and you alone would be magnified, God. Lord, I'm so grateful, God, that you have saved me. I ask you, God, in the name of Jesus, that you would please, Lord, save my children. Lord, that you'd save the people, Lord. All the children in this church, Lord, that are lost, I pray, God, you'd save them. With your wonderful grace, I pray you'd save my family. Help me, God, to be a better witness to them, Lord, in this day and the day, days ahead, Lord. I pray, dear God, that you would just help these people tonight, Lord, to be better witnesses. Lord, I pray, God, you'd help me to be a better witness. Lord, help us, God, to live by the light of the Word of God. Lord, make it a lamp in our feet and a light in our path. Lord, I pray, God, we'd hide its words in our heart. Lord, that we won't sin against you. Lord, help us, God. Lord, grieve our hearts, Lord, when it comes to the fact of sin. Lord, grieve our hearts when it comes to the fact of sinners, Lord. Dying and going to this place. This bottomless pit. Lord, please give us the knowledge and the wisdom. Lord, the words of our tongues, Lord, to... Uplift your name, Lord. It's not about the pastor. Lord, it's not about the preachers or the evangelists, Lord, but or the church even right here. Lord, it's about you. I pray, God, we take these words tonight. We'll love you. We'll praise you and thank you. Thank you for the people that came tonight. In Jesus' name.